0: Bookie, you still have time, guys. Two promo codes to take advantage of. It's your choice, whatever works better for you. You can use our exclusive Glory UGA promo code by going to mybookie.ag and using the code UGA to get a 50% bonus on top of your first deposit. That one does come with a playthrough, full disclosure. So if you want to avoid the playthrough, You can use the promo code 200cash to get a 10% bonus on top of your first deposit. And that is cash money added straight to your account. No playthrough required. Bet your first deposit. And then once you do that, you have full access to all of that money. So again, two options here. Promo code UGA for a 50% deposit bonus on your first deposit, or promo code 200CASH for a 10% cash bonus on top of that first deposit. But all right, guys, I am your host Tyler, and back with me today to make our week 5 picks of the week is the star of the podcast, of course, my coach Charlie. Charlie, it's crazy to say this out loud. I feel like we say this every year, we're four games in the season. I'm not good at math. That's a third, right? The third of the regular season.
1: Yes, that a is A third,
0: third of the regular season, Charlie, is already gone. Come and gone. Does it even remotely feel like that?
1: No, but that's because we've played, like, not exciting games.
0: Exactly. This is one of the many reasons why I cannot stand playing these cupcake games we're playing. And I get Trust me, guys. I know the arguments you guys throw at me. I get it. I just... I just disagree. I don't like them. It's not good for fans. Whatever. So, yeah, I mean it's weird, Charlie. Here we are going into our second SEC game, technically a third of the way through the schedule. Doesn't quite feel like that. But, Charlie, this is gonna be an amazing episode. Because off the top here, we get to pat ourselves on the back. We have not been able to do that the first couple of weeks of this season with these picks. It has been a little bit of a rough go, but last week. The floodgates opened, and uh, yeah, good week for both of us, right? You have the numbers here.
1: We definitely turned a corner. Thank God.
0: Well, the question I have to ask you is, how accurate are these numbers? How much stock can we put into them? Did you, do you actually feel confident, 100% confident that your little handy-dandy 1995 notebook there is uh, accurate this time?
1: Yeah, it's accurate.
0: I will say it's much clearer. I can look at it and say, okay, yeah, I, I, I see those. Yeah. All right, so we're, we're just going to go with that. Yep. If we got something wrong, guys, let us know. But do you want to recap, Charlie, real quick? Yep.
1: Last week you went nine and three, Let's which go. brings you to twenty-six twenty-one overall. You hit what I think might be the biggest parlay we've ever put on the show with FSU, AM, Houston, South Carolina, and Kentucky with plus three fifty-eight odds. So well That's done. was a big one.
0: That was a big one. I don't is that the biggest one? I don't remember. I mean, I don't you have the notebook. I I feel like it's the biggest that I remember putting on this show. So, yeah, I'm glad that one hit.
1: Yeah. It was a big one. You're now 3-1 with parlays. Uh, you did miss your upset special as UCF fell to K-State uh, in its Big 12 opener. You are 1-2 yeah. on upset specials.
0: It wasn't my finest pick.
1: Yeah. I went 8-2 last week, thank God, uh, which brings me to 16-14 overall, so I'm over 50% now. Thank over 500. Goodness. Let's go. I hit my parlay of FSU, Kentucky, and Missouri for plus one ninety one. I'm two. I'm even on parlays, two and two. Uh, I also hit my upset special last week with Washington State getting to four and zero with a win over Oregon State. So I am two and one for upset specials. Uh, pretty good week for both of us. What are your thoughts on last week?
0: It was a great week. Obviously, those are those are big time numbers. It was a long time coming. I will say, I mean, I told you guys after. Was it the week three picks, I guess? I think my record last week or the week before was six and five. But I told you guys on this show last week, I would have made every one of those bets again. I feel like I was on the right side of those. There's some bad breaks, you know, that happens when you're when you're gambling. It's just part of the deal. This week, though, those breaks went my way. The the bad beats were good beats. And uh, the result was nine and three. So I feel good about those. Even the ones that I lost, I, I feel like I could have won those again. I would make those bets all over again. The one I don't love was uh was the UCF upset special over Kansas State obviously I thought that John Rice Plumley was going to play in that game. I knew he missed the previous game with Villanova. I thought that they were holding him out because it's Villanova and he would play in their Big 12 opener, but he did not play. And that's ultimately, in my opinion, what cost him that game. The backup played in his place was was pretty good. He just made some really horrific decisions in the fourth quarter that really ultimately cost him the game. They were right there. And uh, yeah, he made some really terrible decisions to a a terrible pick, took a terrible, it was, I mean, wasn't even a sack, he just ran out of bounds, like 12 yards by the line of scrimmage, he could easily just throw the ball away, and took it out of field goal range, so yeah, that was my fault, bad pick, I should have looked up more information on Plumlee, I just, what I had seen early in the week seemed to indicate that he might play, and I went with that, so that's on me, uh, I, I have to own that one, but other than that, Charlie, I mean, the parlay, I was pumped about that one, because yes, as far as I remember, that I think that's the biggest parlay that I've put on this show. Not the biggest parlay I've ever hit, but on this show, I try to be a little bit more conservative. I want to give you guys winners and I went big on that one and it hit. So, yeah, great week. One of the better weeks we've had here on on this podcast like or a, a combined week like where we both just like rocked out. That was one of the best weeks we've ever had. It was. So, let's let's do it again? Yeah. Maybe.
1: I hope so. We'll, we're going to try. You ready to get started? Let's roll. Well, the dogs will be traveling to the plains on Saturday for the 129th edition of the Deep South's oldest rivalry. That's a long time. It's,
0: it's, a, it's a long time. That's a great rivalry name, though. I love it. But let me ask you, do you like that or clean old-fashioned hate more for a rivalry name?
1: I guess clean, old-fashioned hate. Oh,
0: 100%. I mean, Deep South's oldest rivalry, yeah, it fits the Georgia-Auburn rivalry, but clean, old-fashioned hate, yeah, let's go. Yeah. That's got to be better.
1: Well, the Dogs have won six in a row in this series and are looking to extend that streak to seven in their first road game of the season, finally?
0: Yeah, it feels weird. I mean, I'm, I'm used to have heading out on the road at least once at this point, and here we are. And this is a weird trip. I, I, don't, I obviously do not love going to Auburn because it's a cow pasture. There's nothing going on there. It's a terrible, terrible, awful town. And it's kind of a day trip for me because there's nowhere to stay down there. And why would I want to spend money staying down there? So and it's close enough to drive. So, I mean, it's just weird. Like this, we haven't had a road trip and this is like not even really a road trip for us. Technically, I guess it is like for me driving down there. But hey, here we are.
1: Yeah, Auburn enters the game 3-1 and after falling to Texas A&M 27-10 last week in College Station. Uh, It hasn't been the most inspiring start to the season for our dogs, but they have shown a lot of positive signs over the past two games and seem to be moving in the right direction. Uh, Georgia clearly has the talent edge in this game, but having been to Jordan-Hare for many Georgia-Auburn games, I can assure you that that place will be rocking. I mean, 3.30, it's not a night game, but it's late enough in the afternoon. People will have been at it all day. It will be loud and rowdy. Um... Is it going to be enough for the Tigers to knock off the number one team in the country?
0: Well, Charlie, let's talk about it. This has, I got to be honest, guys, this has been a strange week for me because you guys have been listening long enough. You know how I usually operate. I'm usually very confident, you know, in the preseason, the weeks ahead, and then I get into the game week and the further we get in the game week, the more nervous I get. That's kind of how things go. But my emotional journey in the lead up to this Georgia-Auburn game has been inverted. Instead of getting more nervous, more worried as the week has progressed, the more I dig into our opponent, this week the more confident I've gotten as the week has gone on, the more I dig into Auburn. This is uh one I have been uneasy about going back to early summer. And I said the early summer, because that's when they really kind of hit the transfer portal jackpot. They brought in a couple of guys from portal, including Peyton Thorne from Michigan State. And I'll do that the transfer hall they had, I'm like, okay, Auburn is doing a little something, they're still not great, but they're gonna be better than I thought they were, and going to Auburn, this is probably gonna be a 330 game, Carson Beck's first road stars is gonna be our, maybe our first real test, and that could be a tricky spot, maybe a trap game spot, but I don't feel that way right now, the, the further we've gotten into this week, the closer the game gets, the more confident I feel, so it's kind of uncharted territory for me, this is not usually how I operate, our injury situation definitely still concerns me. But, you know, what? I do believe that reduces the margins for this game. I still know that we have considerably more talent than Auburn. It looks like we're starting to get a little bit healthier. It looks like Ladd is cautiously, maybe possibly going to give it a start. I'll, I'll say that with some cautious optimism. Buller has already said on Twitter that he's going to be playing. Now, you know, maybe they could take that back. It looks like he's going to play. It looks like Michael Williams is in line to play. So we're getting healthier, getting some of those impact players back. But we still have a lot of injuries to deal with. But it's not just the talent. I do think that we are more talented than Auburn. Injuries, notwithstanding whatever, we are still the more talented team. But it's not just the talent that makes me feel confident in this game. It's also the matchups. It's that combination of talent edge plus matchups edge that gives me a lot of confidence heading into this game. Because the reality is, guys, Auburn has shown zero ability to move the football against powerful opponents. They just have not been able to do it. And that's now, that's true that both games are on the road, and this is the first Power 5 opponent they're going to have in the friendly confines of Jordan-Hare Stadium, so maybe that helps to a degree, but it is just very difficult to imagine that this Auburn offense is suddenly going to be able to find itself and turn it on against the best defense that they have played, whether it's at home or not. Now, this is Carson Beck's first road start, and there is certainly a level of concern with me there. There's just no way to know how he will respond in this situation. You don't know. He probably doesn't even know. As I said earlier this week on on our preview episode, I do think this is where his calm demeanor, his Expressionless demeanor, as as I think it was Ben, one of our listeners, said in our mailbag, mailbag episode this week. I think that's where this kind of helps in a situation like this. I know you want to see a little bit more emotion. I get that. But in a setting like this, in a spot like this, I think that might actually help. But when you're talking about a quarterback making his first career road start, you don't want to put everything on his shoulders. Now, he's going to have to play well. Of course he is but you want to be able to take some of the pressure off of him as much as possible. So how do you do that offensively? Well, you got to be able to run the football. And you guys know, I've I've documented our rushing issues very, very in depth this season, at least the first couple of weeks. But we have showed improvement over the past two weeks, going for over 180 yards each of the past two weeks. We're making strides. We're actually fitting the conference in rushing right now. Not where we want to be, but not nearly as bad as it was a couple of weeks ago. And here's the thing. Here's a matchup for you. Auburn, is 13th in the SEC in rush defense right now. They're also 12th in the league in yards per rush allowed. So what does that mean? It means it's not just one of these cases where teams are just running the ball a lot against Auburn, like they're just turning around and hanging the ball off a lot. They're doing that, but they're also being effective when they're turning and hanging the ball off against Auburn because they're getting chunks of yards. Again, 12th in the SEC in yards per rush allowed. So that's a match that's kind of favor us in this game. And then the other side, as I kind of laid out in our, on our preview episode, Auburn cannot throw the football. They cannot throw the football five consecutive games because power five opponents dating back to last year, where they have gone for under 100 yards passing. That's an insane stat, but that is reality for this Auburn team. That includes two Power 5 games this year, one against Cal on the road and Texas A&M last week on the road in College Station. This is an entirely one-dimensional offense. Yes, they run the ball well. They're number two in the SEC in rushing offense. Then they have a variety of guys that can hurt you. They can do it from the quarterback position with both quarterbacks, whether it's Peyton Thorne or Robbie Ashford, who is an absolute dy- dynamite athlete at the quarterback position. They can do it from the running back spot. Now, Demario Austin being out, I think he's been their best running back to this point in the year that hurts them but you know you've got Jarquez Hunter who's been around for a while he's a good back I like Brian Vitita got the transfer from UCF or USF that was an 1100 yard rusher last year for them smaller guy but he's a guy you can get in space and make some things happen so they run the ball really well but guys when is the last time a team that is one-dimensional offense has been able to do anything against Georgia's defense and we might not be as dominant as we were in 2021 We might not be as good against the run this year as we were last year without a Jalen Carter type on the interior of our defensive line, but stopping the run is still the strength of this defense. And that Auburn strength plays right into our strength. If they could throw the football, that would give me a little bit more concern, but they simply cannot. We're not even talking about like, oh, they're inconsistent, they're up and down. They're just down. They just can't do it. So there's another matchup that really favors us in this game. Honestly, here's what has to happen for us to lose this game. It basically has to be a perfect storm of conditions for Auburn to pull the upset. The, the recipe has to be perfect on spot. So we're gonna have to commit catastrophic turnovers that set up scores or maybe pick sixes, fumble returns for touchdowns. They got one of those against AM last week. That's the only way, that's the only touchdown they got was a fumble return for a touchdown. We can't do that in this game. We cannot give up explosive plays as they're not going to be able to move the ball efficiently on a down-to-down basis against this defense. The only hope they have is to some way, somehow, hit explosive plays. We simply cannot allow that to happen. That's where getting a guy like Javon Buller, about, hopefully, fingers crossed, certainly helps in the back end with all of his experience. You know, your communication can be tough. That's where you like to have a guy like that back. And we also can't give up special team scores to Auburn. Those are the things that we cannot do. Basically, if we play a clean game, Auburn is not capable of beating us. They are capable of beating us if we play into their hands and we basically beat ourselves and we give them opportunities to beat us and we just give the game away. That's what it's going to take. Not impossible. Nothing's impossible in college football. We've seen things like that happen before, but that's what it's going to take. And that's certainly the least likely outcome. It's a possible outcome, but not certainly the least likely of those possible outcomes. So I'm not going to bet on that. I think this might be a game that's close at half. You know, this is going to be a highly motivated Auburn team with a two-time defending national champion, the current number one team in the country, coming into your place. You have a first-year head coach. Auburn's going to be fired up. Their fan base is going to be fired up. It's going to be absolutely chaotic in that stadium to open the game. We know this. Just expect that. That's going to happen. We're going to get everybody's best shot. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at us. Hugh Freeze... Definitely wants to be Kirby smart. Absolutely. Going back to the days that when Kirby was at Alabama and, and Freeze was at Ole Miss, there's not a, a lot of a love there between the two. He wants to he wants this game. He wants to get his signature win early, and what better way to do it than at home against Georgia? So they're gonna give us their best shot. That's just a treatment that we get. We've got to learn to understand that, accept that, embrace that. And so I think that could create a situation where the game might be close-ish at halftime. But I go back to what I told you guys in the preview episode. We've outscored teams fifty-six to nothing in the third quarter. So I could certainly see this game following a very similar storyline that most of our games have followed at this point, where we're not put up a ton of points in the first half. Other team kind of hangs around. It's kind of like what's going on at halftime. Then we come out in the third quarter and we just put them away. So I think I think that's what's going to happen. We're going to come out swinging in the third. We're going to pull away for a comfortable victory, fourteen and a half points. Charlie, what do you see happening? Are you are you taking the dogs to cover this time?
1: I mean, I'm not putting it on my card, but I think I think we can cover.
0: I actually really want to put this one on my card, but I'm going to hold off on it. I'm going to hold off on it because just the unknowns being the first road road game of the season, first road start for Carson Beck, the entry situation. But I do feel pretty confident that we're going to cover this 14-and-a-half. Again, it might not seem that way at halftime, but I think we're going to pull away, come out swinging in the third quarter and pull away in the second half, and I think our talent just going to be too much. And uh, we're going to quiet the crowd in the second half and be able to pull out that 14-and-a-half-plus point victory. All right, Charlie, I know that we're just scratching the surface of our picks here today. We went a little, went a little long with that. Of course we did. It's George. we got to talk about them first. But let's do a quick little reminder of our great friends at MyBookie. I told you guys at the outset, we've got two great promo codes for you right now. If you want the 50% deposit bonus, you can use our exclusive GloryUGA UGA promo code. Just go to MyBookie.ag and use the code UGA or you can go to mybookie.ag, same site, and use promo code 200cash to avoid any kind of playthrough and you get a 10% cash bonus straight to your account and then you can just bet whatever you deposited and yes your money free to withdraw and do whatever you want with it. They also have a ton of great options for you guys this year. And really whatever you want to bet on whether it's you want to do parlays like I like to do, whether you want to do team totals, whether you want to bet on college ball, NFL, Major League Baseball playoffs about to start. My bookie's got anything and everything that you guys want to bet on. And we're giving you winners here guys. So Charlie, like what were the numbers last week? You were 8 and 2. I was 9 and 3. Yeah. So let's do that quick math. So we were 17 and 5 overall. What, yeah. what percentage is that? 17 and 5? Do that real quick for me. I'm going to say five. like high 70s? 17 and 5 overall. Well, Charlie, no, it's 17 divided by 22, not 17 divided by 5. I thought I was. I thought you were the math person. Oh, yeah, 77%. There we go. We had a 77% rate last week, guys. I'm not going to guarantee it's going to happen every week, but now that we've seen these teams, I feel like we're going to be rolling here, right, Charlie?
1: You caught me off guard.
0: I did catch you off guard. Okay. Hey, honestly.
1: It's been a long week. Math, Math is not... All right. doable right now
0: earlier in the week i was trying to do that math and i was doing exactly what you were doing I Pulled up my calculator in my phone and i did exactly what you did I Did 17 divided by five and i was like oh my god this is not accurate so it's okay charlie i did it too anyway guys we're giving you winners you want to take advantage of them go to mybookie.ag use promo code uga or promo code 200 cash whatever works for you and bet anything anytime anywhere only with my bookie
1: All right, so I said earlier it was an SEC-heavy featured slate, so now Florida is traveling a couple states north to take on the Kentucky Wildcats in a noon kickoff in Lexington. Florida already surprised me once this season by knocking off Tennessee in Gainesville, but can they go on the road and beat a solid Kentucky team? I mean, it is at noon. Kentucky has won two in a row in, the ser- in this series and three of the last five after losing 31 straight to the Gators. 31
0: straight. That's borderline impossible. Right.
1: That's from 1987 to 2017. Yikes. Will the Wildcats be able to continue their success in the series? What do you think?
0: I really want to believe they can. I, I don't know what to think of Kentucky right now, Charlie. Obviously, you guys, if you listen to our preseason episode, we gave you our predictions. I was aggressively high on Kentucky because I thought their schedule was pretty manageable they got Georgia and Alabama I thought those were two losses I thought they could beat everyone else I like their defense I thought that bringing in Leary from NC State was a big upgrade for them at quarterback I like the transfer of Ray Davis from Kentucky at running back I think they have two really talented receivers young receivers and he got Liam Cohen back on the uh, on the opposite side of the ball as a coordinator coming back from the Los Angeles Rams. So I thought everything was set up for Kentucky to be really good this year. But I still don't know what to think of them because they have played nobody. Charlie, you talk about how our schedule has not been a fun schedule. It hasn't been. Kentucky's has been worse. They the only power fight team they have played was Vanderbilt last week. And like what, what does that tell you? Played Vanderbilt, you beat up on Vanderbilt okay. So I really don't know what to think of Kentucky right now. This is their first true test. Florida has been tested. They went on the road to Utah, lost that game to a backup quarterback and an offense without their best uh, best playmaker in Brant Keithy. But they come back home a couple weeks later, beat Tennessee, which is a game that you and I both got wrong. I didn't think they were going to beat Tennessee, but hey, you know, give them credit, they did. Here's what Florida's doing better than I thought that they would be. I did not expect them to be as good as they are defensively. And they're not great defensively, but they're playing with physicality in their front six, and I wasn't expecting that. So they have been slightly better than I thought that they would be. So it's going to be an interesting matchup because we know that Mark Stoops Kentucky, their identity is physicality, great defense, run the football, play action. Basically, they want to be Georgia Light. That's what they're trying to be. And Florida's playing a physical brand of football right now too, which is kind of what Billy Napier wanted to establish there. Get away from kind of what Dan Mullen was doing and be physical. He knows it's SEC football and he's been winning Saban. He knows what it takes. So I'm very curious to see who is going to be more physical in this game. I still think that Kentucky has the better quarterback. in this. I feel very confident saying they have the better quarterback. I think Kentucky has the better overall defense. Their defensive line is very, very good. Linebackers, Weaver, very, very good. Secondary, not as good. To as good, but Florida's not really equipped to challenge their secondary as much as some other teams are. I think this is going to be a very close game. It's essentially a pick em, right? So I think Kentucky minus one here. I, I don't know, Charlie. I, it's, it's too close for me to call to put this on my card because, again, I don't know what to make of Kentucky right now. I've watched a game and a half of theirs. I'm very eager to watch this game when I'm sitting up in a, at a bar in Auburn before our game, but I don't know what to make of them right now because I just haven't seen them tested so I'm going to stay off of this one and keep this off my card. If I had to lean one way, I'm going to I'm gonna go Kentucky. I wish this was a night game because I want Kentucky to win this game because I hate Florida, and also I want to be right about Kentucky. I want to be right about Florida. So I, I want Kentucky to win. Playing the game at noon certainly does not help. But did you see what Mark Stoops said this week? I did about, not. About the beer? No. I, I can't remember exactly verbatim what it was, but he was asked you know during one of his press conferences, by one of the beat writers, like, hey, you know, is the, is the noon star you concerned about the fans being there and being loud? And he's like, hey, man, Kentucky fans, they can drink some beer. Like, they, they can get up and, and, and shoot some beers or whatever. And I was like, dude, this guy, he's awesome. I think he'd be a fun guy to hang out with.
1: Yeah, he would be. Yeah,
0: there's not a lot of coaches in the SEC I would say that about, but I think that he would be. just seems like a dude's dude. So I, I think that they'll be okay. I think it'd be a tough environment. Look, Florida, that's a, it's not a rival, but like, they don't beat Florida often. They're going to be excited for this game. And I think that's that might be the difference here, just the fact that it's in Lexington. I think talent-wise, it's fairly even. I think maybe better quarterback play on the side of Kentucky might be the difference here. So give me the Cats at home minus one. I'm not putting on the card though.
1: All right. Well, I am going to put it on my card, and I am Ooh. taking Kentucky minus. Bold. Is it minus it's one? Minus, minus one. one. Yeah. Sorry. Getting confused today, clearly. Yeah, I'm... i You're that confident. Yeah, I know it's at noon, which does make me a little hesitant. If it was at
0: night, I would be all in on Kentucky. Right, yeah.
1: but I want Kentucky to win, so I'm to So this is go. a heart-overhead play? Aren't, aren't most of them.
0: A lot of mine are. Well, yeah. I, I try to keep those off the show. To be honest with you, I try to go with my head plays on the show. But okay. you know, well,
1: oh, yeah, I'm I'm putting it on my card. Okay,
0: fair enough. All right.
1: Well, let's talk about one of your heart plays here. Are we here. going there? Are we going there? Your hogs need a win.
0: God, they, I I need them to win, Charlie.
1: They blew a game. They dominated against BYU. Still can't get over that game. And then they lost a heartbreaker to LSU and Baton Rouge last week. They are mm-hmm. just in desperate need of some positive vibes. A and M beat Auburn last week but lost quarterback Connor Wegman for the season in the process. So this is a wild this was a wild game last year. And was another one of those games that Arkansas dominated but then found a way to blow. Yeah,
0: the Sam Pittman signature move. Yeah.
1: So can the Hogs finally get it right this did week? Did I
0: see that Sam Pittman like deleted his Twitter account this week?
1: Yes, he did. Yeah,
0: remember how, how in love the fan base was with him when he first got there? Yeah. And uh I think the honeymoon might be over here. I love Sam. I want Sam to be successful, not just because I have a, a win total bet on them to be over six and a half, but I, I like Sam Pittman. He's a good guy, but I mean, they, they got to win. They got to stop blowing games. They're dominating. It's killing me. What is happening here, Charlie? But you know what, Charlie? I haven't lost faith. I have not lost faith. Give me the Hogs plus six and a half. This is not at AM. All right? This is they play in Jerry's World every year. Arkansas, you're right. You're exactly right, Charlie. If I remember correctly, this is the very first game that they just blew last year. This was the game where KJ Jefferson went all Superman, tried to dive from the six-yard line. From the six-freaking-yard line, he tries to dive over the pile into the end zone, holds the ball out like the – I just – oh, my God. And what do they do? Oh, yeah, they knock the ball out. And what happens? AN picks the ball up, and they run for a touchdown. Yeah, changes the game. And then they have a chance to win the game still at the very end. Set up a field goal. Kicks it. Cam Little, their kicker. Good kicker. Kicks it. Hits off the upright. And the top of the upright. The very top of the upright.
1: Are you still upset about that?
0: Uh, yeah, Charlie, because that cost me money. Good if, they that, if they win that game, I, I they go over six and a half. So, and, I, and it wasn't that was the start of it. And there were so many other games like that all year, and we've already seen it this year. But I have not lost faith. I still I Look at this Arkansas team. I see... Talent KJ Jefferson is improved. He is. He makes some dumb decisions, some really dumb decisions, like scratching your head. What are you possibly thinking? Decisions, but he's he's improved. He's cutting down on those. Some here's what I'm really excited about this week, Charlie. We know Arkansas when they're at their best, they run the football. The past couple weeks has been a struggle for them because Raheem Sanders, the best running back in the SEC, in my opinion, has been out. He has not been playing. He looks like he is back this week. In fact, he was full go allegedly on Tuesday and was reportedly looking very very good, looking like his old self. If he plays in this game and he is close to 100 percent that changes things for Arkansas in this game. Because AM is not good against the run. They're average at best. Auburn could not really move the football, but Auburn early in that game, they were they were moving the ball on AM. They were running the ball. They weren't throwing the ball because they can't throw the ball. But they were running the ball in AM. They committed some dumb penalties, some holding penalties that got them pushed back. And then they got behind and they had to kind of abandon the run. And it was a disaster. But you can run the ball in this AM defense because they run a 3 3 5, guys. I I, don't, I honestly don't know what he was thinking in hiring DJ Durkin from, from Ole Miss, like a terrible Ole Miss defense. Hey, let's go hire their coordinator who's running this 3-3-5 that has really never worked anywhere in the SEC. might work in the Big 12 when teams aren't running the power run game, but it doesn't work in the SEC. It just doesn't. And Auburn was gashing them, and I think Arkansas can gash them, especially now with Raheem Sanders back, with the old Rocket back there in the backfield. I think Arkansas is still a good team. They have this freshman, Luke Haas, as, as at tight end, who's their highest-rated recruit in the history of the program. He's doing some big-time things for them. I think they're talented enough, and I think they can beat a I think they will beat a in this game, Charlie. But I, you know, I'm going to take the Hogs right here. I'm going to go Arkansas. If you're giving me six and a half, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the Hogs.
1: All right. Ole Miss put up a fight last week in Tuscaloosa, but for the second year in a row, they squandered it half. Wait, wait, wait.
0: Did, who are you taking on Arkansas? Arkansas –
1: I A&M. didn't put that but on my card. If you to lean, uh, yeah. uh, uh. I mean Arkansas, I guess. Let's so go. That, do it for your boy Sam. Yeah, I, I'm doing it for you. you. Do it for Sam. Yeah, and for me. Thanks, well, Charlie. I mean, That's
0: the nicest thing you've ever done for me. I don't Thank want you. you to lose money. I don't either. So thanks.
1: Yeah, you're welcome. I
0: don't want can to live I, on the street. Can yes, I continue, please. But I'm sorry. I was just curious. Just All curious. right.
1: Well, they squandered a halftime lead against the Tide. They don't have much time to lick their wounds as LSU is coming to town this weekend. Jaden Daniels has played at an extremely high level in the Tigers' first two conference games. He threw for 681 yards and six touchdowns in two games against Mississippi State and Arkansas. Uh, The Ole Miss defense is improved this season, but it remains to be seen whether or not they are ready for the type of offensive attack that LSU will throw at them. Um, what's your take on this game?
0: I mean, LSU is a better football team, Charlie. and It's not like Vault hemingway Stadium in Oxford is in a super intimidating environment. Look, Ole Miss is good. I'm not going to say Ole Miss is not good. They're capable of winning this football game. My concern with them right now is they're not – it's like us. They're not fully healthy right now. Some of, like Quinshaw Junkins has played the last two weeks, but he's not fully healthy. They still have injuries. Some of their best receivers – They're tied in. Michael Trigg's still injured right now. And I I just... If they're not healthy, I don't think they're good enough to be a relatively healthy LSU football team. Whether it's at home or not, I think LSU's just a better team. With a healthier team, they have... I don't say... Yeah, he is a better quarterback. Jackson Dart's playing better than he did last year. He's still not a great passer, especially without to a couple of his top options in the past game, not playing. So I think LSU is playing well. You mentioned Jaden think He's playing at a really high level right now. He's a threat with his arm and his legs. They've got a bunch of good receiving weapons. They're running the ball a little bit more effectively than they did last year. They're not great on defense, but I think they're good enough to keep Ole Miss in check when they aren't really fully functional with all of their weapons right now. So give me LSU on the road, minus two and a half.
1: All right, I'm going to take the other side of that, and I'm going Ole Miss plus two and a half. I think this game is at 6 o'clock at night. I think okay. that it will be louder. I mean, it's not going to be like a Tiger big Stadium. It's a big game for them, but or Death Valley, excuse me, not Tiger Stadium. Well, it is Tiger Stadium. Well,
0: Death Valley is a nickname. You're correct. Yeah,
1: you're correct. You so, got it. You nailed it. It's not going to be that loud, but I think it'll be a good environment. I think after they lost to Alabama last weekend, you know, now they've really got something to prove. Hopefully, I don't know. They're
0: capable. This could be one of those games where. Lane Kiffin just gets in his bag offensively and pulls one out. Yep. It could potentially be something like that.
1: Absolutely. All right, I don't hate
0: that. I don't hate that, but I'm going to stick with LSU.
1: All right, ready for—we have one more on our slate, and then we'll get into open season. Let's go. All right. South Carolina humiliated Tennessee and ended any lingering college football playoff hopes that the Vols had with a shocking 63 to 38 upset of the Vols in Williams-Brice Stadium. I still can't believe that happened. Last year, everyone associated with the University of Tennessee has had this game circled for the past 10 months, and you know they're going to be out for blood, but this also isn't the same Tennessee offense from last year. Joe Milton has been about what I thought he would be, which is Eh, eh. Can't put any that touch that a up? horse sound, Charlie?
0: That was more of a nay than anything. I don't know what that was. Okay, sure. Fair enough.
1: So how do you see this one, Tyler? Can the Gamecocks pull the upset again, or will the Vols get the revenge they've been craving?
0: Oh, this is Vols all the way. This is Vols all the way. and It's it's not just the revenge. I, I think that matters to a degree. I'm not one of those guys who puts all that much stock into it because you want to win every single game, but it can help the focus during preparation for the game. Absolutely. I do buy into that. But this is going to be a Tennessee, I don't want to say a bloodbath. I think Tennessee wins this game comfortably. Tennessee right now, they're much better defensively than people think they are. They were better defensively last year than people thought they were. Right now, they are currently leading the SEC in sacks. 16 sacks over the course of four games, averaging four a game. We all know, we saw South Carolina's offensive line first ham. They cannot protect Spencer Rattler. Not only can they not protect Spencer Rattler, they don't run block well either. They have a tough time running the football. Mario Anderson's a guy that they kind of thrust in that starting, or not starting role, but the primary role, the feature back role last week against Mississippi State. And he played better, but they still don't run the ball efficiently or, or explosively in any way, shape, or form. That place is going to be very, very loud. That It's going to. It's, going to be, it's a night game, and it's going to be insanely loud. They're wearing, like, I think Tennessee is wearing their fifth different uniform of the year in five games. It's another team wearing black when black is not their primary color. Don't even get me started on this, Charlie. Like, I I don't understand it. If black is not your primary color, don't wear freaking black. Don't wear black jerseys. It's stupid. It works for Georgia because, I don't know, black is one of our two primary colors. I know it's a great color. You can go with anything, whatever. It's not your color. Stop. It's stupid. It's pathetic. Like, if you want to wear black, change your official colors to black. Like, whatever. Anyway, sorry. i off my soapbox here. But they're going to be fired up. They do want revenge, of course. And I think that Tennessee's going to be able to affect Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler's playing at an extraordinarily high level. Honestly, it's amazing what he's been able to do and the production that he's been able to put up with the issues they've had on the offensive lines. They really look at awesome. But I think this Tennessee defense is going to be able to hold them in check. I think that they're going to make it life very difficult for Spencer Rattler and company. I'm with you, Charlie. Joe Milton's kind of like, eh, right now. So I don't think Tennessee's going to go drop 50 on them like they all want to. But I just don't think South Carolina's going to be able to score a lot. Considering the context, I think Tennessee can get to 30 plus. So, yeah, I think Tennessee's gonna cover the 12 here. So, give me Vols minus 12 at home at night.
1: All right, hat. We're in open season now.
0: Oh, you wanna do a break real quick? Absolutely. All right, let's do it. So, our great friends at Alumni Hall, guys. They are truly incredible people. It's an incredible store. It is a paradise for a Georgia football fan, for a Georgia fan of any persuasion, any sport, because they have every single thing you could possibly want to wear for your 2023 Georgia football game day gear. They have all the brands you could possibly want, whether it's Nike, Nike Golf, Peter Millar, Johnny O, a bunch of new Johnny O stuff, just in Stock, Uh, Cutter and Buck. They've got Southern Tide. They've everything you could possibly want. They have a fantastic women's selection. All the accessories you could possibly be looking for. It's a no-brainer, guys. They do it right. They do it in a way that nobody else does. So if you're in the market for some 2023 Georgia football game day gear, Alumni Hall is your go-to spot. You can check them out here inside the Epsbury Shopping Center in the Classic City or online at alumnihall.com because... Alumni Hall is where? The Bulldog Shop.
1: All right, well, it's open season, so I assume you have about 18 bets more than me. Um,
0: I don't have 18. I have a lot.
1: Okay, why don't you take a couple and I'll jump in.
0: All right, so we've done most of the SEC. We did Arkansas. Oh, I got another Arkansas play. I got another Arkansas play. Uh, let's go... Arkansas, over 23 points team total. Come on. Give me that best money. money. They might not be able to stop A&M much, although Max Johnson. Max Johnson played well uh, in relief of Connor Wegman last week. He's a solid quarterback. He's not dynamic. He's solid for them. But I think Arkansas, yeah. Can they get the 24? Absolutely, they can get 24. With Rocket Sanders back, yeah. Give me Arkansas over 23 on top of that, plus 6.5, Charlie. That's a two-for-one special there. Uh, We've got LSU. we got Tennessee. Let's go to Starkville, Mississippi. Maybe the only SEC town worse than Auburn, Alabama. And give me Alabama, the Crimson Tide, minus 14.5 at Mississippi State. I don't love the hook. You guys know I don't like hooks. Sometimes I shy away from those. But I'm going to take it here. I know Alabama's offense has had issues but I think they're starting to figure out what they can do with Jalen Milrow. I mean, they're still not going to be good on offense, and he's not going to be a dynamic quarterback, but I think they're starting to figure out, okay, what does this guy do well? He runs the football and he throws the deep ball well. Other than that, he can't really do anything, so let's just do those things, and it worked well enough against Ole Miss, especially in the second half. First half, not so much, but Mississippi State is bad, guys. I mean, they actually finally figured out themselves, oh, we have this guy that's about to break every single SEC passing record for a career at quarterback, I don't know, let's let maybe let him drop back and throw the ball. And he threw for almost 500 against South Carolina last week after throwing the ball like under 20 times the past couple of games. So they've maybe actually kind of figured out what they should be doing this guy instead of just trying to run the football down everyone's throat when they don't have the personnel to do that. But here's the problem. For Mississippi State, Alabama's defense. Their offense might have some issues. Their defense is still very, very talented and very, very good. I have a hard time believing this Mississippi State offense is still trying to transition to a more pro style attack. I have a hard time believing that they're going to have much success at all scoring against this Alabama defense, whether it's in Starkville or not. Alabama's probably not going to score a ton, but I don't think Mississippi State is going to score much at all. So give me Alabama minus fourteen and a half. I, can, I think I can see this being like a, I don't know, like a, a twenty seven to ten type game, something like that.
1: All right, well, I am not picking a side on this one. I am going to take the under, which is 46-and-a-half. I, I just, like that play. I just don't think Mississippi State's going to be able to score against this defense, and Bama, I mean, it's not... It's ugly. It's not Bryce it's ugly. Young back there. No, it's not. It around, it's so. not.
0: It's not. I like yeah. that. I like you got that. Got
1: any more SEC plays, and then we'll go to a different conference?
0: I do have one more SEC play. Let's go to Nashville. I don't... I don't understand this line it's a weird one for me I know that Missouri has not been blowing teams away this year but they're still 4-0 they still have a ranked win over Kansas State they're only they're under a two touchdown favorite against Vanderbilt so Missouri minus oh is, this, is this in Nashville I don't know if this is the Nashville I don't know look that up for me Charlie is this game in Nashville Missouri regardless of where it's being played Missouri is a 13 and a half point favorite against the Vanderbilt Commodores and I they're just straight up go. Yeah, it is in Nashville. I was right. I was trying to talk myself out of it. And On my notes here, it says Missouri versus Vandy. It's Missouri. I knew it was in Nashville. So yes, it's at Vanderbilt in Nashville. Missouri 13 and a half. Come on, give, give me that all day, Charlie. I got to give Brady Cook some props here. I was hating on this guy in the preseason, telling you guys that he was average as why he, he had been to that point in his career. So far this year, they got a new offense coordinator coming in from Fresno State, and it's opened things up a little bit, and he's doing a better job of hitting balls down the field. He's thrown for over 300 yards a couple times, and Luther Burden has been awesome. Like, he's playing an all-SEC first-team caliber right now at the receiver position. He's been He's living up to the five-star billing right now. Didn't so much last year. Right now, he's definitely doing that. They're still not dynamic. They don't run the ball especially well. But Vanderbilt is terrible, guys. I mean, they benched A.J. Swan. I think he threw four picks at one point last week. They brought him back in Kenny Seals, old Ken Seals, who somehow is still on that team. He started back as a freshman and has just been MI. He didn't play at all last year, but apparently still on the team. So they're having issues there with the quarterback position. He just turns the ball over so much. So I think Missouri definitely is going to go into Nashville here. I really like this bet. Give me Missouri minus 13.5 against the Commodores.
1: All right, you want to go to the ACC? Let's do it. All right. Um, I'll start us off. I think we have a few fights this week. Do we? Personally. Well, we We're already fighting? have one, Ole Miss and LSU. Okay. We're on opposite sides of that one. Let's Challenge go accepted. to NC State uh, versus Louisville. So okay. Cardinals going to take on the Wolf Pack. It's a night game. Friday night game. It, a fr- I love Friday these night Friday games. night games. We used to
0: have these Thursday night games. Now the NFL was trying to take that over. We go to go to Friday. I like it. I like these Friday games.
1: But, you know, it can get pretty wild there in NC State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In Raleigh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carter-Finley
0: Stadium can be rocking.
1: I'm taking NC State plus three and a half. I know they haven't been playing as well as we had hoped, but I think the nighttime environment, they need to prove themselves. I'm hoping that's some motivation to cover the three and a half.
0: Yeah, I am on the other side of this one, Charlie. So I have watched both these teams twice, like full games twice. And I most recently watched NC State on uh, last Friday night, barely beat a very bad Virginia football team. Virginia, guys, right now is the only team in all of FBS football that's currently still defeated. They have not won a football game. The only team in FBS football. And NC State was in a dogfight in the fourth quarter in that game. They had to rely on a couple of turnovers that Virginia made. Their their true freshman quarterback, Zach Calandra, uh, was throwing like five picks in the last two games uh, combined and in the fourth quarter. Not an entire game's in the fourth quarter. of Those games kind of blow those games. So, he I don't know, NC State, things aren't clicking right now. Brent Armstrong, like the, the matchup of Brent Armstrong and Robert and I going back to their days at Virginia, they're reunited here at NC State and it hasn't clicked entirely this year. And the reason is because they don't have the personnel around it. They don't have good receivers right now. This dude named Concepcion is a freshman slot receiver and he's probably their best playmaker. They don't run the ball well at all unless it's Brent Armstrong just pulling the ball down and doing his ginger ninja stuff and just like running over people. And he's fun to watch, but it's not the same offense that they had back in Virginia when when he was running the show there. So I I don't know. NC State's defense is really, really good. But Louisville is pretty explosive offensively, guys. I mean, they, they, they put up fifty they put up a 50-burger on BC last week, and they had like 40, I think it was like 42 points in the first half. And I watched every snap of that. Well, most snaps. I think I cut off about halfway through the fourth quarter in that game. But Louisville, can, they can score, man. They can absolutely score. Got Plummer at quarterback. You got Brom coming over as the head coach. Uh, Jamari Thrash is an awesome, explosive receiver. I think this is a really, really dangerous offense. NC State's a good defense. It's a nice matchup. I just don't know if NC State can score enough. I know it's it's in Raleigh and Carter-friendly stadium. I think Louisville's a better team here. I really do. So give me Louisville minus three and a half on the road at NC State. I'm going to take the road favorite.
1: All right. Let's talk about another ACC interesting matchup. Syracuse versus Clemson. The Tigers are going up to Syracuse. What is the name of that stadium now?
0: It was the Carrier Dome forever and ever and ever. Now it's like something absurd.
1: That place is so bizarre. The
0: Dome. It's, it's so it's weird. It's it's fine. It's fine-ish for football. When they play basketball in there, it's like, what? what is happening? Yeah.
1: So last weekend, Clemson fell to FSU. I mean, that's their second loss of the season. I think Syracuse has a chance in this one, at least to cover oh, the six and a half.
0: Oh, we're on the opposite side of this one. Yep. Okay, so you're going Syracuse plus six and a half.
1: Yes. I
0: I get where you're coming from. There, it's a vibes play, right?
1: Absolutely. Like, how
0: are you going to respond when basically now your cultural playoff hopes are dashed? Not basically, they are dashed. Now you, they here's the thing, Charlie. They still have hopes of getting the ACC title game because there's no divisions in the ACC this year, so they could get a rematch with Florida State. But, I mean the the best I can hope for now is getting like an orange bowl s- s- invite like that's that's all they can get they win the ACC which I guess is something but they ain't going to the Costco playoff right now so that's a good point that's fair I just think Clemson is better than Syracuse Syracuse is another team I don't they played at Purdue and, and they won that game but I don't think they've really been challenged I don't know what to make of them right now Garrett Schrader's back for yet another year he's a more proficient passer than he has been he's still a more of a runner than anything. But I think Clemson's a more talented team here. I I won't, I think that Clemson will respond the right way in this one. Things were starting to click for them prior to that Florida State game, and in fact, Charlie, they they outgained Florida State by a pretty decent margin that game. They just made critical mistakes. They had they missed a blitz pickup, and it resulted in a fumble return for a touchdown that really changed the game. And then they're selling for a field goal at the end to, that would have won the game when iced it and put it away. Game over right at the end. And then they're kicker that just joined the team the week of the game missed a 20-something yard field goal goes overtime and Florida State wins in overtime so I think Clemson is starting I think they're pretty good they're not great they're they're, and look I know everyone wanted to make fun of them because they lost to Duke but Duke's a pretty good football team right and then they should have beaten Florida State they didn't beat Florida State so I think Clemson's is still a good football team and I think they're good enough to go up north to the artists formerly known as the Carrier Dome and beat Syracuse by a touchdown or more so yeah give me the Tigers minus six and a half on the road
1: All right, do you have any more ACC plays? I'm good on the ACC.
0: I have one more ACC play. Let's go. God, this is going to be, Oh, I don't even want to watch this game. I will watch it because I'm going to put money on it, but we're going to have to struggle through that one. I'm going to go to Blacksburg, Virginia, Charlie. God, the state of Virginia is just struggling in football. I think they're one in... What are they, one in seven combined right now? That's tough. Virginia, Virginia Tech. Give me Pitt, minus two and a half at Virginia Tech, inner sandman. I don't freaking care. Song's 40 years old, whatever. Pitt is not good. Okay. Phil Dracovic is um, terrible at quarterback for them. He's just nightmarishly bad. It's weird, man, because he was good once upon a time in BC, and he wasn't good last year, and now he's just like terrible at Pitt. Like he's just. I mean, guys, it's really hard to even describe how bad he is, like how he's missing receivers and just and taking sacks. It's crazy, horrible, horrible, horrible decisions. And this guy's like a 17th year senior. It's weird, weird. But Pitt is still a top 15 defense. They still play really, really good defense. Virginia Tech doesn't really do anything well. Uh, they're 110th nationally in offense, 329 yards a game. They just lost to Marshall last week, the week after losing at Rutgers by 20. Rutgers beat a team by 20 points and that team was the Virginia Tech Hokies so I do not care about inner Sandman this team is dead their fan base has got to be dead this point so I think Pitt's going to go in there circle the wagons and they're going to lean on that defense and they're going to find a way to cover the two and a half and beat the Hokies
1: all right what conference do you want to go to next
0: you got any big 12 uh um, big 12 action I got some big 12 action
1: no, I don't.
0: No Big 12, you mean my Big 12 action then? Go for it. All right, Big 12, Big 12. Let's go. This is one of the games of the week I'm excited to watch this one, Charlie. Kansas traveling to Austin texas to take on the Longhorns. We know what happened last time that the Jayhawks went to Texas, but the Jayhawks are much better now. But they are a considerable underdog in this one, 16 and a half point dog in Austin. I like this Kansas team. They haven't been clicking on all cylinders. I still think that they're really good on offense. They have a lot of playmakers. Basically, the entire offense is back from last year, including quarterback Jalen Daniels, Devin Neal, running back, a trio of really good receivers. Lawrence Arnold, Luke Grimes, Quentin Skinner, all three guys can make some plays. Defensively, they're still not great. Slightly better than last year, but still not great. Texas, we know, is good. They went on the road to beat Alabama. It's a good football team. I still don't think the Texas defense is dominant. I think Kansas can put up some points on this Texas defense. I don't expect Kansas to go into Austin and win, but I do think the Jayhawks can cover 16 and a half now. Here's what I'm going to do, guys. I'm not going to bet this right now. I'm going to wait and see if it gets to 17 on my bookie. If it gets to 17, I mean, I might even put like a couple of of units down on this one, but 16 and a half, I'm still going to take that. But if take my advice here and just wait until Saturday. See if it gets to 17. If it does, jump all over that one. I mean, Texas gave it 300 yards passing to Baylor's backup quarterback last week, guys. So I think Jalen Daniels could potentially have a big game here. And I think they can at least, at least keep this within 17 points.
1: All right. Sounds good.
0: All right. So let's go back to the Big 12. Let's go BYU-Cincy. I'm going to go under 49.5. half this is another Friday night game. It's a late night game on Friday night. BYU is not great on offense, uh, but they are—they're actually good on defense, guys. I mean, I watched again—I watched the Arkansas game and almost killed myself watching that. I shouldn't say that, but I, it was bad. It was terrible. Cincinnati has not scored more than 27 points in any game against an FBS opponent this year. It looked like maybe Emory Jones at quarterback. Yes, he's there now. Had kind of turned the corner in the first game. Yes, I think it was Eastern Kentucky. Nah, not so much. Still like four or five interceptions combined over the past couple of games. And their offense is not really doing much right now. Based on all their good players transferred after Luke Fickle left. BYU doesn't score a lot. They play good defense. I think this is a recipe for an under 49 and a half. So give me that one. And uh, yeah, I think that's all I got on uh, from the Big 12.
1: All right. You want to go out to the Pac-12? Go West? Let's go West. All right.
0: You mean the best conference in football?
1: I mean, yeah. It is. Sure Let's it just is. be real. All right. I have two plays out in the Pac-12. I am looking at Oregon and Stanford, I'm not gonna pick a side here. Obviously, Oregon's gonna win this one, but I'm gonna take the under 61 after Oregon came out and just obliterated Colorado in the first half, and then in the second half it just fell off. I right. mean, obviously they still dominated, but they had to call they call sure. the dogs. Sure. So that's gonna happen this week, we know. So I'm gonna take under 61.
0: I like that. I like that. I'm gonna go to the team that Oregon dominated last week, as you mentioned, Colorado, USC is coming to boulder 21 and a half point favorites at colorado i know it's at colorado but i mean when did this become like a a home field advantage that's worth a couple of points i don't understand this i mean we saw oregon was a 21 point favorite at home last week against colorado so usc is the same on the road at colorado after what we saw last week what are we talking about i mean i know these guys make a lot of money in sports books i get it I'm all over USC on this one. I mean, I don't care about the hook on this one. I think USC, if they don't completely wet the bed here, they win by four-plus touchdowns. I know the defense still isn't great, but if they want to win this game by four-plus touchdowns, they're going to win this game by four-plus touchdowns. So give me the Trojans minus 21.5 on the road in Boulder. You got anything else? All
1: right, my last pick against the spread before we get into parlays and upset specials Um Let's see. Sorry. Losing track on my sticky note here. Before you got I Washington. Know uh, what yeah. it says? I'm I'm, get- okay,
0: I'm sorry. I, I was getting there. Track. You said you were losing track. I am trying to help. Okay, I'm sorry.
1: Stay out of my notes. Take the floor. It's my notebook and my sticky note.
0: Bye. Yes, Bye. I am
1: taking Michael Penix and the Washington Huskies minus 19 at Arizona. They are playing very well right now. I think they roll them.
0: They're they're killing people right now, man. I think they had like forty some points in the first half of that game last week. So yeah, against Cal, that's that's a that's a dynamic offense. This is a scary good offense. I have one more. I, I actually have one more ACC play. I had it's down here at the bottom. A late ad. I'm gonna go back to the ACC. Let's go Boston College minus three and a half versus Virginia. I have another. Oh god, these ACC games are ugly. But I mentioned earlier, guys, Virginia is the only team in all of FBS football right now that is still currently winless. They are defeated. Boston College is not great but we saw that they put up a heck of a fight in the second half against Florida State almost pulled the massive upset in that game was it a trap game spot for Florida State of course it was but hey Boston College still played well enough to to potentially put themselves in a position to win that football game yes they got steamrolled by by Louisville last week they gave up 52 points they also scored 28 points in that game so they can score a little bit right now Thomas Castellanos that quarterback is just a, a lightning bug at at that guy can move man like he's he's really really a dynamic player not a great passer but good enough they have a couple good receivers. They've got Garwa at running back. I think Boston College can go in there and score some points against the Virginia defense is just not very good. The, the Virginia defensive up front and their offensive line, maybe the, the two worst lines of scrimmage in all of college football right now, they're just so, so, so bad. They have a true freshman quarterback who's shown some positive signs, injecting some life into a, a more abundant offense, but he just makes some really bad decisions. Again, he's thrown five picks combined in the fourth quarters of the past two games. And that's not two games combined, just the fourth quarters of the last two games. And I think Boston College has got enough firepower to go in there and put up enough points where I don't think Virginia's going to be able to keep up. I think that uh, Calandra will start pressing, the freshman quarterback will press and make a couple more mistakes, and Boston College will win this game. So give me the Eagles, minus three and a half.
1: All right, any other plays you have?
0: That's it against the spread.
1: All right, let's move on to parlays. You can go ahead.
0: All right, so last week I gave you guys the biggest parlay in the history of the Gore UJ podcast. We nailed that. Mr. Parlay is back again, but I am going to go more conservative this week because to be honest with you guys, I don't like this week's card as much as I typically, or this week's slate as much as I did last week. Last week I was looking at the slate. And I was like, oh, my God, we're going to make a killing, and yes, we did. This week I'm a little bit more conservative with it, so I'm going to give you a four-leg parlay. It's all in the money line, straight up. Give me TCU give me Tennessee to beat South Carolina, Notre Dame to beat Duke, and Missouri to beat Vanderbilt. I know that's conservative, but I like those four teams. I feel very confident all four teams will win straight up on the money line, and that comes out to plus 151 odds. So hey, we want to make a profit, guys. We'll make a profit with that one, no doubt, this week.
1: All right, the odds on this parlay, all money line of course, is plus 150 or I guess I shouldn't say of course, but money line for me because we're not getting into spreads with the parlay here. It's always trickier. I just I, that, It's just trickier. That's just a headache.
0: I do it every now if I do it with the line, it's like a line and maybe one or two games. I don't go four or five leg parlays with 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 spreads.
1: Yeah, so this one I've got Clemson, Minnesota, Texas Tech and Bama all adds up to plus 150.
0: So I can say that again you got Clemson, Minnesota, Texas Texas Tech, Bama. Okay, all right. I like that. I think those are winners too, Charlie. Although, did you see Minnesota last week? So I, I had a great week, but I had one more parlay that I did not put on the show. I, I usually do multiple parlays, guys, and I hit all of them this week except for one, and it was the only reason I lost that was a one leg was Minnesota, who was up like twenty one points going to the fourth quarter on Northwestern. And somehow they let the Northwestern score 21 unanswered points in fourth quarter since the game to overtime and they lose to Northwestern overtime to cost me that parlay. What is going on? Minnesota. Ey. But I think they're playing Louisiana this week, so I think they'll be okay. They'll be okay. I like that. I like that. All right. Upset special time. Yes. All right. Well, let's go back. I've already put two bets on this one. A two for one special earlier. I'm all in on my hogs, Charlie. Arkansas, straight up, outright winner. Over the Texas AM Aggies. Raheem Sanders come back. That's the difference. Connor Webman being out. Max Johnson's fine. He's competent. He's not dynamic. Arkansas should have won this game last year. I think Arkansas is just as good as a even though the talent, the recruiting rankings might not tell you that. KJ Jefferson can be the difference here, along with Raheem Sanders. Give me the hog straight up. I need this one.
1: That game's at noon, right? That is a noon game. You've got three plays on this game. You've got Arkansas plus six and a half. Triple threat, Charlie. Triple Arkansas threat. Arkansas to win and Arkansas. Told you I'm all in. Over 23. I'm all in, Charlie. All I'm right. betting every single one of them. Pig Suey. Pig Go Hogs.
0: freaking Suey.
1: All right. My upset special takes us out to the Pac 12. I am picking Utah over Oregon State. Utah is only a four and a half point underdog. Uh, yeah. I thought
0: long and hard about that one, Charles. It looks like Cam Rising is probably going to give it a go this week. Yeah, but the uncertainty there leads me to say I'm staying away. But if he plays, I think they cover. All right, I, well, I, Or I think they win. They could probably I mean, win that one. So hey, I, I also have Utah over eight and a half wins. So if they win this game, boom, let's go. It's five wins. And they did all that with four of them without Cam Rising. So, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm pulling for you on that one.
1: All right. Well, we right. need to recap Let's for recap. the listeners. All right. So, I have Kentucky minus one against Florida. Ole Miss plus two and a half against LSU. Tennessee minus 12 against South Carolina. The under for Bama MSU of 46 and a half. Syracuse plus six and a half against Clemson. Oregon-Stanford under 61, Washington minus 19 at Arizona. Uh, Four-leg parlay for plus 150 is Clemson, Minnesota, Texas Tech, and Bama. An upset special being Utah over Oregon State.
0: All right. Let me see that notebook, Charlie, since we won't do it on a spreadsheet. That's okay. Arkansas plus 6.5 versus A&M. Arkansas over 23 points team total two-for-one special there. We'll come back to the triple threat in a minute. Give me LSU minus two and a half at Ole Miss. Charlie and I are squaring off on that one. Give me Bama minus 14 and a half at Mississippi State. Missouri minus 13 and a half at Vandy. Let's go to the ACC. Give me Louisville. The Cardinals minus three and a half at NC State on Friday night. Give me Clemson to, to bounce back. Minus six and a half on the road at Syracuse. Give me Pitt. Ugly football game. Give me Pitt. Minus two and a half at Virginia Tech. And another ugly ACC game. Give me the Boston College Eagles. Minus three and a half against the winless Virginia Cavaliers. Big 12. Give me Kansas. Plus 16 and a half on the road in Austin against the Longhorns. Give me BYU. Since under 49 and a half. Lone pack 12 play this week. I love USC minus 21 and a half at Colorado. If they want to cover the 21 half they will cover the 21 and a half. Give me uh for my parlay on the money line. We got TCU, Tennessee, Notre Dame, Missouri, all straight up, plus 151 odds, upset special, triple threat play, Arkansas over AM. Maybe one of these days I will learn my lesson when it comes to Arkansas, but it's not today, Charlie. Alright, anything else? Words of wisdom?
1: That's all for this week. Go dogs and enjoy some football.
0: Well said, Charlie. Well said. Alright, guys. Thank you for being here. We always appreciate each and every one of you. We were rolling last week. Let's hope we keep this thing rolling this week again. Check out mybookie.ag to get in on all of the action. AlumniHall.com for all of your Georgia football game day needs. But we are out of here, guys. Thanks for being here. Let's go. We gotta go to Auburn this week. I'm not crazy about Auburn but you know what it's the Georgia football game the environment's going to be great I hope some of you guys will be able to make it up there as well but whatever you guys do enjoy your football Saturday for Charlie I'm Tyler and of course as always go dogs.